Okay, I'm just trying to get these people out of this room. Hello, and welcome to Baddest Mothers in the Room. I'm Casey. I'm the mother of Bo, a 17-month-old baby boy. And I'm Tristan. I'm the mother of Nellie, a 14-and-a-half-month-old baby girl. We're the kind of gals that didn't know if we were going to have babies or not, but then we did it, and now we're here to tell the tale. Now we are not professional, so don't take our advice if we give you any too seriously. And if you have a problem with what we say, we're not going to take your comments too seriously either. Nah, we're just here to talk about the perils of parenting. And you can always weigh in on our weekly topic or give us suggestions on other topics. Isn't that fun? Yeah. One ex- one uh, suggestion we will not accept is what should Tristan do while she's in Tennessee? Because there's no time. I'm there now. She's there now. That's why she sounds funny. Everybody sounds funny in Tennessee. <laughs> oh, that was a really cute little accent. Um, oh, thank you. In case you haven't figured it out, folks, she is calling in from her I'm Tennessee adventure. I'm calling in. I'm in a cabin in the Great Smoky Mountains. Mm, they are. Are they as great as they claim to be? They really are. I mean, it's like fucking gorgeous down here. Except, you know, in the towns where it's horrible. Mm. But the wilderness is glorious. So have you been in a lot of, like, tiny little Tennessee towns? Well, no. I mean, it's all... <laughs> I just got a little twang there. Uh, it's So far, we've mostly just been in, like... There's, like, three towns down here that are just sort of, like, offshoots of Dollywood, basically. Okay. Because there's Pigeon Forge. Yeah, I heard of it. Gatlinburg. Heard of and it. And there's... Um, like, it's like Sevierville or Sevierville or something. I haven't heard. So those are the towns we've been to. So they're all like, Pigeon Forge is Orlando. Gatlinburg is Kissimmee. <laughs> and then Sevierville is like, I don't fucking know. The fucking airport. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So, yes. Sevierville or whatever. Sorry to all our Tennessee listeners. Um, is where we went to our... Tennessee Walmart experience. Oh, that has got all the makings for a tale. <laughs> yeah, it was It was every bit as awful yeah. as, as you would imagine. I was thinking about it, too, because it's weird, because, like, I'm always like, I don't shop at Walmart. Like, they treat their employees badly, and they crushed small businesses. But I'm like, I will order something from Amazon every day. Right, yep, 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 yep. So... I'm a hypocrite, but anyway, and it's also easy to not shop at Walmart when you live in a city. Yeah, we don't have one, so that makes it pretty easy. Yeah, but anyway, and the the best part of the Walmart was when I was, of course, so Nellie took this mammoth diarrhea shit in the car, so I had to change this, like, psycho diaper um, in the Walmart bathroom, which was a hotbed of activity. Like, I've never seen so many people in a public restroom. Oh, gross. And, um... Yeah. And, of course, they're all like, oh, look at baby. And um, they, in the quintessential, like, Nellie's not wearing pink, so she's a boy. Uh-huh. Um, thing. Someone, I was changing her diaper, literally scraping shit out of her vagina. <laughs> and someone was like, how old is he? Well, she does have that gigantic labia, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> no, it's normal. 
normal now. It's regular. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, get over it, people. It's a girl. Maybe that person hadn't taken anatomy yet. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I was like, what else can I do? Yeah, I'm literally showing you her cooch, which I try not yeah. to do with strangers. <laughs> right. Vajazzle it, I guess. Ooh. Is that just like piercing it? No, it's not a thing. I don't think it's piercing. Have you ever heard of vajazzle? No. It's like people stick like rhinestones and stuff on their purse. Oh, just for decor for any visitors that may be coming by? Just oh. Apparently they're significant other's wang doesn't have enough little scrapes on it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that sounds like it could be painful for any anyone yeah. stopping by. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, how are things? I hear it's a, a little cold in Chicago. It is brutal. The, the city is shut down. Like, everything is shut down. They're not even delivering mail today, which is, like, good. They shouldn't. Um, yeah. You know, our little neighborhood has a lot of small little shops, and there's kind of a list of who's open and who's shut. I think maybe three places are open, like oh my gosh. two bars slash restaurants and one coffee shop um, are all that I know of. Everything else is shut the fuck down. It is so cold. Uh, you've been to our place before, obviously. Very warm in your place. Our place is very cozy warm. We have this bitch cranked up to 75, and oh boy. the in like the temperature is reading at like 65. Oh wow. Yeah, it's that cold. It's our room is super warm. The rest of the rooms are like okay. Like I wear shorts around the house in the winter because our place is so toasty and I am wearing like all the layers. Bo got up so early. He's been getting up really early anyway, but I think he was a little chilly. He woke up at like 4. Oh, it was brutal. Aww. Um we brought him in we brought him in our bed with us. We were like desperate. We're like let's see if he'll lay down. Every other time we've tried that, it has not worked. But this time he actually laid there. He, I think he was still Aww. tired and our room is so nice and toasty. He laid between <laughs> us for like 45 minutes. He didn't fall back asleep, but he just laid there. Just enjoying yeah, family just, time. Just sucking on his passy. Every once in a while he'd be like, mama. And I'd be like, uh, I'm just going to ignore him. And then he'd like touch my eyelids to see if my eyes were open. <laughs> And I just kept ignoring him. And then finally, about 45 minutes, he was bored or something. He's like, all right, let's go. What are we doing here? Enough of this. Time to play, everybody. Yeah. I should uh, check the heat on our nest. Probably the cat's a little cold. Oh, yeah. Well, you could be concerned about your pipes, too. Is someone feeding your cat? You can go have them drip your faucets or something? Oh, interesting. Um, Yes, our neighbor is feeding our cats. Actually, Jill. Yes. Who's been an, uh, a guest on this podcast. Jill and Ezra have been popping by and visiting folks. Well, Jill, if you're somehow listening to this in real time, one, that's creepy. <coughs> Two, please go <laughs> drip their faucets. Yeah, they're like, drip your faucets. Nobody go outside. You can't be outside for more than four minutes, they were claiming. What? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, yeah I got a, like a alert on my phone on Monday morning that was like, our office is closed. Don't come to work. And I was like, okay. Sweet. So that doesn't count as a vacation day, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah, too bad. Well, they want you to work from home. Oh. Of course, I don't know how people would have known because I was there on Friday. They didn't say take your computer home, so. Oh. They're closing for the whole week? I don't think so. I'm not sure what's going on. I should check, but I also don't super care. Nah, you're just far enough south and I'm sure it's not that miserable. What are you looking at down there? Nice 55? 
Yeah, well, it was 55 on Monday when oh. we went down to the great Smoky Mountains National Park. Cool. Um, yesterday it actually snowed. There's snow on the ground right now, but just like, you know, a sprinkling. Wow. So it's like it's like high 30s or oh. mid 30s. <laughs> you know you're abused by your home city when that sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, it third. is weird. Like, we're like, ooh, it is toasty. Yeah, that sounds great. And it was really cold at the end of last week when you were still here. Like Friday night, it kind of warmed up a little and was like, ah, this is great. And it's like, no, this is not great. Do not get used to this. Do not accept this as your reality. And, Shut up. And now it's straight and up we have a, brutal. We have a hot tub on the porch of our cabin, but it's not working. It's not working? Yeah, they had to send away for a part. So now we just have to look at our hot tub and think about how we could sit on the porch and look at the mountains. Did they not have another cabin for you to move to with a working one? Yeah, I don't know. There's like a million. We're in like a resort. So it's all these little cabins just all over this mountain. Did you pitch a fit? Uh, Chris did, yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, this is half the reason we're here, dude. Yeah, we got a pool table on the third floor. That's fine. Unless it's an actual pool, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, Nellie really likes sitting on the pool table and putting balls in the pocket. Oh, that is fun. I do that sometimes. <laughs> Oof. So you have any, yeah. I'm guessing you got some vacation-related wins and losses. I do. Um, well, the sort of general fail is that Nellie has some sort of viral illness slash cutting three or four molars at the same time. Oh, no. And it's just been a miserable little lump of person for like Damn. almost the whole time we've been here. So she doesn't care that you're on vacation. Yeah. Well, it was weird. Like she was, so we drove down to Louisville the first day and then slept over in Louisville and then came the rest of the way down. And the first day she was like in the car, she was totally fine. Like didn't make a peek the whole way. And then uh, like that night she started getting like a little dazed like we have a picture of her at Ed and Williams and she has this look on her face like she's really drunk from whiskey yeah but I believe in fact she is thinking hmm I think I have some sort of horrible virus oh and and so then like ab- from that moment on she's just been like miserable until like yesterday afternoon Damn. Um, so we're like driving through these like insane mountains and she's just screaming and Chris is like trying not to careen off the a cliff, you know. Trying to convince himself not to intentionally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then like we thought it was just teething, but then she had a fever on Saturday and like and then yesterday her whole body was just covered in a rash. What? And yeah. And I I was like, oh, it's hives, like, she's allergic to something, blah, blah, blah. So we were, like, going to go get her Benadryl. And then I was like, well, I'll call the doctor and see what they say, because they say not to give Benadryl to kids under two unless you ask or whatever. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's not hives. <laughs> Don't give her Benadryl. I'm like, oh. So what the um, hell is it, doctor? It's just a viral thing, some sort of viral illness, hence mm. the temperature and the squishy poos. Gross. Um, uh, yeah, I guess in kids, like, sometimes, like, viruses just sort of erupt out of their skin. Damn. Um, but today it's gone, except it's a little on her face. So she's a hideous monster baby again. Damn. But we went, 
we went on, um, we went to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. <laughs> and like, this was kind of my major fail was that we should have just stayed home on Monday. Like she wasn't feeling well, but we were like, we're on vacation. We have to see all the things and it's a beautiful day. So we like dragged her in the car again after two days of being in the car ill. <laughs> and she just like, we went on this scenic drive. There's like this eight mile drive and you keep like, you get out and look at the things. There's like all these old cabins and she would just start to fall asleep in between them. And then we'd, you know, like get out and go look at an old church. And then she would just scream, you know, almost all the way to the next one, start <sighs> to fall asleep. And then we pulled over. So and you just, just like, kept going. Miserable. Chris and I were both like, <sighs> like jaws clenched. We're like, like, why are we doing, doing this? <laughs> oh no, that poor girl. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. And she's just like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. We fucked up there, but. How about you? You've been fucking up this week? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, my initial fail was sort of similar. It was that he's had this rash I mentioned before. He had a butt rash. You now it's like this weird rash on the side of his hip that doesn't seem to be diaper poop related. And so we finally were oh, like, oh. Yeah, you thought it was your brand, right? Your brand of diapers? Yeah, because we had this like one off-brand box of diapers. We hadn't used that brand before all from all the way back from the diaper party. So... We thought it was those, still didn't go away. We're putting some stuff on it. I don't know, not going away, not going away. We finally called the doctor. What a <laughs> novel concept. The thing about our doctor is like, you call your doctor and you can send in a picture. I feel like my doctor never lets that be an option. I don't know if they would if we were. Oh, we didn't send, we can't send in a picture either. Oh. That's just me describing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I have heard from other people that are like, oh, just send a picture to your doctor. I'm like, okay, how? how? Um, yeah, that totally makes sense. I know, but we don't have that option either. I don't know if they would help us out if we were out of town or if they'd be like, go to the hospital or something. Because they're always like, come in. No matter what it is, come in. I'm like, oh, man. So last Thursday, the little man went to the to the doctor and they actually gave him some cream. And now the thing's gone. It was just like, okay, we could have done that two weeks ago probably. <laughs> But um, that fail got got ousted by uh-huh. by yesterday. This guy got hurt so much. <laughs> like we're, we're basically like stuck in the house. Yesterday we did get out a little because I was like, we got to do something because I know we're not leaving the house on Wednesday. It's gonna be way too cold. So I, he, but you can tell he's already getting stir crazy anyway. And I turned my back for two seconds, and he climbed up on the desk chair, and it is. You know, it's like an old school wooden office chair and it kind of like leans back and forward and is on wheels. And he fell off of it and he hit his chin on the desk and he bit his tongue. Did he bleed? It bled and it was like, if this would have been a cut on his head, I probably would have been like, oh, you poor little thing. It's bleeding. This sucks. You're fine. But something about the mouth blood (laughs) is frightening it is just he was like crying so he was drooling it was just like this dark pink drool blood i'm like oh my god oh my god and i'm rocking him and he's just screaming and he seems to be okay now except i think it hurts to eat a little because there's a lot of foods that he normally loves like lara bars and stuff that he's like get that shit away from my face like yesterday, he took one Lara bar and he tossed it across the room and then demanded another one. So I gave it to him. So I was like, whatever you want, man. And he tossed that one across the room. Like, oh, this poor guy. 
Oh. Also, stop wasting Lara bars. Right. Oh, don't worry. They're they're in nice little sandwich baggies waiting. I'm not throwing those things away. Um, and then he fell off of another chair and just, you know, had general ouchie. Um, yeah. And then I zipped up his coat and I zipped underneath his chin. Aww. And I felt so bad. And that one, he was screaming so hard. He was not making any noise. He just had, like, his mouth open. He was just like, like oh my god I'm so I was just holding him going I love you I'm sorry it's like oh just couldn't win yesterday oh poor little guy yeah at least they seem to yeah they forget quickly it seems so yeah though I do feel like he hates his cokes he's like that's the thing that bites me I don't want that (laughs) I wouldn't wear a shirt why would I wear a coat right Uh, And, and he, and he gets, wins? Yeah, right. Have you succeeded at all, or are you only a terrible? Great question. I don't know. I guess now that I, after I used it as my loss, I remembered that I was going to transfer the going to the doctor to my win category. Like, well, at least we went. But now I've blown it and made it a loss. So uh, I, I guess it's just going to be that we are trying to stay as active as possible in this extreme weather. Yesterday we went out twice. We went like tried I'm like okay can we like stack these away these going out adventures like can you remember one of these for tomorrow please because we went to this like playhouse where he could climb and play and have fun and then we went to the gym where there's a lot of climbing there too so like okay hopefully that'll get you by for a little while maybe we can try and get back out tomorrow I don't know Uh, sounds horrible it's pretty rough you should probably just live in Tennessee now yeah, probably. Probably. If they can fix that um, hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> that was what I was actually my loss that got converted what that I was gonna convert to a win was finally calling a doctor and being like, Wait, what am I supposed to be doing here? Yeah. Like letting my baby suffer or giving her the wrong medication? Yeah. Oh no. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. Oh, so you're the doctor and I am not the doctor. Got and it. I don't know things. I don't know what a hive looks like. I understand. But when I explain my rash and everything I say about it says that it is not a hive, that means that's not hive. Okay. Yeah. And you're still and you're still like, nah, I don't know. I think it might be hives. <laughs> I should probably give her an adult dose of Benadryl. She's really miserable. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, then she'll probably also, sleep. On a mommy note, I am now I and now don't get too excited, but I am now the weight that I was before I got pregnant. Hell yeah. So, Good for you. Yeah. No, the thing with, thank you. The thing with that is that I had, before I got pregnant, I was kind of like letting it go a little because I was like, whatever, we're going to start trying to have a baby. So what's <laughs> the point? So I was already like about 10 pounds over where I prefer to be. Hey, that's still pretty but, good. Good for you. I now I just have to get where I was when I was like weirdly skinny. Oh yeah, bones. That's when I called Tristan <laughs> Bones. She was very skinny. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't I don't think I'm ever gonna get to my pre pregnancy weight. I'm like, what the hell? It's I'm seventeen months out, seventeen and a half months out. I can't get there. I go to the gym a lot. I'm like, what am I doing wrong over here? And I notice that like just you gain and lose weight differently now. Like, my gut is just yeah. never going to go away because it's all stretched the fuck out. Like, this is why mothers yeah. get 
tummy tucks postpartum, I guess, because like usually that's the kind of thing. It's like, oh, I need to exercise post holidays and eat a little bit better, and I don't even try that hard, and like it, it'll go away. And now it's like, no, this is here to stay, my friend. No, you got one of those. Were you talking? We were talking about how uh, your cat has that like flappy belly from yeah. having her yeah. from getting fixed. Yep. Yep, I just walk down the hall and it sways from side to side. <laughs> you can see it between your legs. It's covered in fur. <laughs> Back and forth. <laughs> I've got like eight nipples or however many nipples cats have, I guess. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, how many do they have? Eight sounds right. Yeah, I'm sure it's an even number. <laughs> Maybe more. I don't know. I have a man cat. You do. He has, he has nipples, no? Do man cats not... I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? I don't know. I don't think I've never noticed one. Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to go seal him up when I get home. Aww. Uh, I'm sure he misses you guys. Hey, well, oh, yeah, we forgot we have a guest today. Um, once we get to uh, our interview portion of the show, you'll notice that Tristan is live and in person. This is a pre-recorded interview. And we had with uh, my dear friend and naturopathic doctor, Dr. Natalie Ham. Uh, she's on the program to talk about naturopathy, treating people naturally, um, and a little bit about infertility, which she works in and deals with personally. It's it's a good interview, people. I agree. Um, you should listen to it. Don't just stop listening now. Yeah. Listener. Keep listening. And that's, I think that's about all I have. you have anything else there, Tristan? Or you should probably get on your merry way to your next vacation destination. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna leave after this and go on a uh, uh, it's some like sky trolley or something, which essentially is like a ski lift, I think, that goes through the through the Great Smoky Mountains. Next, we'll see how Nellie takes that, just like being in the sky in a little car. Oh my God, I'm sure. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with Thanks. that. And I hope they get your stupid hot tub fixed. Damn it. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I forgot to mention, because I was about to say, like, hopefully I won't be dead for the next episode. But I remember that, remember, like, two episodes ago that I was like, oh, I, like, licked my hand after touching the train. <laughs> yeah. So probably I'm going to be really sick next week. Yeah. And that was when I got so sick and died. Oh, my gosh. It could have been. Yes. I didn't even think about that when you were barfing everywhere. Yeah. Don't lick Thanks. the handles in the elf. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know that this needs to be a public service announcement, but, you know, don't don't lick anything on the train <laughs> in case you were thinking about it. Yeah. Do you take that advice. Yeah. We don't give advice except really obvious shit. Right. Right. Don't eat yellow snow, people. Yum, yum, yum. And if you're in Chicago, right. just don't go outside. All right. Well, you have fun All in right. your Sky Tram. Thanks. Have fun trapped inside your house. Thanks. Uh, we're getting out of here, and we'll be right back with Natalie's interview. Bye. Okay, bye. Welcome back, everybody. We are back, and we have our special guest, Dr. Natalie Ham. Hello, Dr. Ham. Hello. How Hi. are you? I'm doing pretty good. How uh, are you? Um, I'm doing very well. Uh, Natalie is my friend. I like to tell this to everybody because it's funny to me. We've known each other since, <laughs> what would that year have been? 1990? 1989? 1990? Yeah. Well, we, my mom was pregnant with Mark, so Mark is 27. Okay, so we've known each other for a little over 27 <laughs> years. Yeah, she was she yep. was very pregnant with Mark when we met. 
And mm-hmm. um, we met in an acting class. And I am still an actor. And she is now a doctor. Oh. So that's how that worked out oh. for everybody. <laughs> Cool, huh? Yeah. I was a lousy actor. <laughs> well, Casey's a lousy doctor, so. Yeah, and I, I keep trying. <laughs> uh, play one on TV. Oh, side note. Uh, this reminds me, speaking of Casey's medical uses, I don't know. I tried to squeeze a drop of milk out of my boob. Yeah. Nope. Dry. No. Dry as the Sahara. Dry you airy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Your boobs are <laughs> dry you airy too. <clears throat> Casey's are still dribbling a little. Yeah, I can squeeze out a drop here and there. Yeah. Yeah, that can happen for like up to a year after you stop. Weird. Hmm. Weird. Uh, so, uh, Natalie is a naturopathic doctor and tell us, tell us, tell our audience what that means, please. Yeah, sure. So, naturopathic, um, being a naturopathic doctor is just like an alternative medical practitioner. So I do um, basically holistic medicine. Um, So you have to be careful with naturopathic doctors because they're not all licensed properly in all 50 states. So you want to make sure that your person that you're going to see went to medical school and did not get a degree online Ah. and is calling themselves a naturopathic doctor. So, yeah, so I went to Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine, which is in Arizona here in Tempe. There are, I think, about five schools now, and they might be more. They have, like, four main schools, and they have some satellite schools that are licensed naturopathic medical schools. So it's four-year school, two two sets of uh, exams, of board exams. And then I did two years of residency on top of that. Not all naturopathic doctors do a residency. They're actually pretty competitive because they don't, they're not across the board and you have to try to get into them. So I did two years of residency before I started my um, private practice. And so basically what I do that's just a little bit different than a traditional medical doctor that you would go and see is, you know, the basics are the same. So you come in to see me for X, Y, or Z. I tell you, yes, that is this disease process. Where we differ is like the cause and the treatment. So say, for instance, eczema. Um, I would still look at your rash and say, yes, that is eczema. Mm-hmm. Diagnosis isn't going to be any different. But I would say, okay, the cause might be because you are eating an allergen, a food allergen, mm-hmm. versus just, I don't know, no cause or this is just, it just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, some other reason. And then my treatment will be different. So instead of like doing steroids or anything like that, I would be doing like fish oil, homeopathic remedy, diet changes, things like that. Right. And I love it. Like that, the fact that you like go back <laughs> and look at the root of the problem is so great. Like since when I've talked to Natalie about different things and then I go to my like regular doctor, my Western medicine doctor, whatever you want to say. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, they just want to treat it. They're just like, well, I can give you this. Well, yeah. I can give you this. And I'm like, oh, no, like what's actually happening here? Um, when Natalie like first became a doctor, our phone conversations changed greatly. Where I'd be like, why is she asking me so many questions? I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's trying to give me a remedy right now. I'm like, oh, you know how sweaty my hands are. And then she'd be like, uh-huh, do you get constipated? I'm like, <laughs> Of course she does. It's Casey. It's Casey. Get to know. Like, she's like, wait, yes, I do recall this. Um but it's fantastic. You're actually like listening and figuring out the problem. Love it. <sighs> yeah, that's what drew me to it more than anything is, you know, trying to figure out what what's kind of going on underneath the layers there. What's mm-hmm. the susceptibility of the person um, that could be, you know, 
every disease process um, doesn't just come out of nowhere. There's a susceptibility of that disease process. You add a stressor, no matter what it is. It could be in your life. It could be emotional. It could be physical. It could be pollution. Whatever stressor that you add, that outcome is that disease. So with um, naturopathic medicine, what I try and do is decrease that susceptibility, but also try and decrease that that stressor as well to Mm -hmm. try and get the person better. Great. And are you ever like, oh, yeah, actually, you really do need steroids or yeah. whatever? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, steroids, um, I, I do have a few patients on steroids. Most of them have come to me with ster- being on steroids for different diseases and trying to get off of them. But I, I do, you know, you can't just pull someone off of steroids. Like you have, like, and this is where the medical knowledge comes in, where you don't want somebody to get their degree online. <laughs> um, you can't say <laughs> You can't just pull someone off of steroids because that's very, very bad, uh-huh. um, especially if they've been on it long term. So when somebody comes in to see me and they're on steroids, we have to lower the dose gradually while we're treating them basically from the inside out over time. And do a majority of your um, patients have like a physician? I don't know. What's the difference? Are you also a physician? I don't know. Are you an MD? So yeah. I'm an MD. So oh, it stands for MD. naturopathic doctor. Um, do they usually have an MD and an ND then? or Some do. MD? So okay. I have a variety of different patients that will, you know, it just depends why they're coming in to see me. If they're coming in to get their cholesterol checked and get their periods regular, they don't need another doctor. Uh-huh. Um, I'm considered a primary care doctor in oh, Arizona, okay. so I can order labs. I can do all of those types of things. Um, and the labs are still covered by their insurance if they have an insurance that covers labs. Uh, so if I were to treat somebody, you know, I have some patients that, I have pretty serious diseases. Like if someone comes in with like the cardiovascular disease, a lot of cardiovascular disease, I'm always going to be referring them to a cardiologist at the same time. Yeah. If someone's coming in with like an autoimmune disease, I usually have them have a rheumatologist as well on board. And, you know, it's different. I have a gastroenterologist and a cardiologist that are really, really good about being like, um, here's, I know Dr. Ham is doing this and, you're not in any kind of danger zone. I will let you know if you are and we need to do drugs or do something else or, and I'll just do the screening exams. And so I really appreciate having those relationships on board because, um, you know, it can be tricky sometimes if you don't know the doctor you're referring to, because they could be like, Oh my gosh, you're seeing a naturopath. They're quacks. Like don't listen to anything that they say. I've had patients go to other doctors and they pulled them off every single supplement that they were on because they said it, it quote unquote didn't work. And I was like, that's actually dangerous. And you took her off vitamin D and she was vitamin D deficient. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so sometimes there can be just a little bit of an ego issue with that. But you know, I just have to find people that, that work well with, with others, basically. Yeah. Wasn't that nice a storyline on uh, the Mindy Project? Have you ever seen oh, that? Oh, yeah. Show? So she was, she was dating that naturopath downstairs. Yeah. And it was and um, like those problems. brothers. Yeah. You know, the, the it was a midwife. Yeah. 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 Jay I actually and, yeah. stopped watching that show after that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't put a very good light on it. And I know it's like a joke because no, it's like it comes from her point of view or whatever, but I don't know. That show jumped the shark. Anyway. So in your treatments to to tie this with, you know, this is a podcast about moms and shit. Um yeah. you treat pre and postnatal patients. I do. Pre and postnatal. Yeah, that's the way to put it, right? Yeah. Postpartum. Yeah, yeah postpartum. Yeah. But Post- not postnatal, like is there an in-between? So prenatal <laughs> is if you're pregnant, and then postnatal is if you had a baby. 
Do you deliver them? I do them? treat pregnant women as well, but I, I, they have to have an OB or a midwife on board because I do not deliver babies. Mm-hmm. Um, You've been in no, the room when uh, a couple have popped out, haven't you? Several, yes. I've been in, at a few home births, and I've been at a hospital birth, and I've been at a hospital birth C-section, which are very different situation between a C-section and hospital birth C-section and a home birth. <laughs> yeah. So what were you doing there? Were they your patient, or were you in your residency um, or whatever? Or? Yeah, so the two home births that I saw were actually from the same person um, that was a friend of mine, and we were in medical school together. And um, she had a we. There's a naturopathic midwife, naturopathic doctor that's a midwife in the area that allows people to shadow her on a regular basis. Oh. And this particular person, um, and you get credit hours and stuff for doing it. And I think you actually, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time since I graduated. I think that you have to at least shadow one birth before you graduate. You know, mm-hmm. like what the heck is going on there. <laughs> and so, and then the other one is there was a gynecologist that I shadowed for a while um, and he did all sorts of interesting surgeries. Um, I saw the C-section there. I saw, um, he actually did, um, that did like sex change operation surgeries, which Whoa. like are very rare to be able to, to witness. And so I was able to see some of those too, which were very, very interesting. Cool. Which, Crazy. which direction did you see? Both. Ah. Yes, I saw both directions. Wow. It was a little confusing though, because the first time I ever went in there, no one told me what the surgery was. And I spent a good 30 minutes just trying to observe what the heck was going on and trying to figure out what I was actually <laughs> oh. witnessing there. Oh, my gosh. And that was, from, that was the man-to-woman one that... Um, uh-huh. Were you like, no, stop it, to- you're hurting him. <laughs> <laughs> man-to-woman sounds easier. It's like slice it, fold it, you're good. <laughs> yep, that's exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> you got it, Casey. Yeah, slice it, fold it. I hey, am a doctor. You are a good doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so there. Um, oh, boy. So, yeah, so you do treat them prenatal, postpartum. Oh, yeah, going back. Well, yes. tangent. So, it's what you do. Yeah. Can you That's tell us something about I... that stuff? Yeah. So, um, so I'll, I treat women's, women's health is my focus. And so I treat anything from irregular cycles to trouble getting pregnant to pregnancy to like um post or preconception care during pregnancy after pregnancy postpartum there's actually a lot of my patients like if we're talking about pregnancy stuff postpartum is probably the most common thing that i can um that i get and get a lot of help with Mm -hmm. or i'm able to help a lot with um all the way down to like menopause and things like that. So anything that involves the menstrual cycle, basically I'm um, able to help treat along with like just other kind of side things too. Um, But in terms of, are you asking specifically like what I do for prenatal care? Yeah. And I know it's like individual, like each person. And that's part of why what you do is so cool is that you have like, look, look at each person and see what their particular needs are. But just like, Generally speaking, if you have any like naturopathic things that you do for people when they're pregnant that you can share with our audience that like do you make people eat figs? I eat a lot of figs. <laughs> figs or dates too. Oh, dates, dates. that's what I mean. Dates. Yeah. Sorry. Oh god, no no okay. wonder it didn't work. <laughs> no, it was like medjool yeah. dates, right? Those are the ones that are yep. supposed to make you bloom faster or yes. Yes, Your vagina bloom? Your cervix. I well, think it's supposed oh, to ripen. Yes, they can help the cervical ripening. You guys are great. You know, you know all the stuff. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I'll I'll recommend that. It's not my, and I also recommend stuff like evening primrose oil. Um, so if somebody that. is preg- mm-hmm. yeah. So evening primrose oil is something that I'll use within. I think it's about thirty-seven weeks on to start using that to shorten the duration of labor and to help you face the cervix um, during labor. And yeah, Casey, you did use that during your pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, starting at like um, so, week 34 or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, I have a little like pregnancy labor and delivery handout. So I'll do anything from, uh, and so it'll kind of go through like, okay, if you want to start the process of labor, here are some things that you can do. Here's some acupuncture points that, or acupressure points that you can do. I refer them out to acupuncture. I don't actually do acupuncture. Um, I would, you know, give them the evening primrose, talk to them about like, you know, there's castor oil and things like that that you can do if you're really far along. Mm-hmm. It does make you throw up like every single time you take it. So Yeah, that's it, the one that's like, <laughs> if you have done everything, <laughs> and yes, if you do do, do this, you cannot else. turn back. <laughs> yes, you do this and you will vomit. Um, so, you know, doing the, the castor oil is something that we try and wait till the last possible minute for that. And then I, homeopathy. So homeopathy is kind of my go-to with anything in terms of uh, anything that I'm treating. And it can be used during labor to help with um, the progress. So if the labor is really slow, um, there's certain remedies that you can give. If you're having back labor, there's certain remedies that you can give. I was shocked just- at how much the black pepper essential oil helped my back labor feel better. Yes, yes. That's another thing re- I'll recommend is I'll have people get a couple essential oils before they go in, black pepper being one of them. Mm. Um, that decreases pain significantly during... It really I mean, did. Yeah, for some people, some people are like, I don't know, I was in pain, I couldn't tell a difference. And other people were like, wow, that was a miracle. So, yeah. you know, everyone's different. Right. <laughs> right. Um, that peppermint is really good for if you're feeling nauseous during. And then lavender is really good for after pains. Clary sage oil is really good for um, like when labor has, is, when you want labor to progress, like if the labor is just like stalled out, mm-hmm. uh, clary sage is a good one to use during that um, that period as well to try and get the labor going a little bit more. And with these oils, are you just sort of like sniffing them or diffusing them or whatever? You're not putting them on anything, um, are you? Or? No, you are oh, actually. Okay. So with clary sage, I'll say rub on the ankles. Um, my cousin ah. actually, when she gave birth, I was just... <laughs> I was like rubbing it all over her belly <laughs> and um, I was, and I don't know, it was kind of funny. We were in California and they were like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm her cousin. <laughs> and, uh, I'm like moving the baby monitor around, putting black pepper on her belly. Um, so you can do the black pepper, I would say like either on the abdomen or on the back. Um, or, and then the clary sage, I usually say ankles. Um, lavender is usually like afterwards and it can be on from the after pains on the abdomen. Um, and then the peppermint you would just sniff. And so I would definitely, before you're in the middle of labor, try these on a little area of your body mm-hmm. and make sure you're not going to have a crazy reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, as crazy reaction means rash. So it's not mm-hmm. like, right. Be anything Again, yeah, it's insane. not drugs. So it's not going right. to do anything. You're not going to be allergic, crazy allergic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so some of that you talked about was the, also the postpartum. Um, mm-hmm. you sent me a lovely care package for my postpartum life. And one of the <laughs> things was this little, um, I think you wrote on it, like Casey's healing lotion or something. It was that little thing that I like, healing. Put, 
droplets on my vagina? I don't remember this. <laughs> Natalie's like, that's not what that was that's for. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it was some don't little mixture of things. And I... Oh, 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 I remember now. Okay. I think I, yes, that's right. I made you a healing lotion. I think I put, um, so that was um, for the perineum area um, that can get a little stretched out or even can rip in some women. Um, <laughs> and it can cause a lot of pain. I feel like that's a, a big postpartum um, treatment that I do on a, a regular basis is treating that um, perineal region. And it's usually I'll do a remedy and some of that healing um, lotion. I think what I did for you was calendula, vitamin A, and lavender, I believe, okay. um, is what I used. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Does your vagina remember? No. My vagina feels great, so it does not remember. Um, and, and, you know, it's so weird because, like you said, every case is different. And I yeah. had, you know, relatively speaking, an easy labor and delivery. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it hurt like a motherfucker. But uh, when I hear other people's <laughs> stories and I look back at it, and I'm like, oh, man, I had a pretty dang easy. <laughs> um, and I did not tear. I did not need any stitches because I did not tear. And I healed very fast. I felt fine within like a week or two. Um, and though, Good. who knows, if I did other things, it, maybe I would have had the same experience. But a lot of it, I do like to to give credit to some of the recommendations you gave me prenatal and the, like the things that I was using or the fact that Mark and I did the stretches Yes, that were yes. on that handout you gave me. And who knows mm-hmm. if that's why or not, but all I can say is we did stretches and I didn't tear. So and I did not do stretches and I was cleaved in twain. <laughs> but I did. I asked my my doctor about it and he was like, "I mean, you can. It's yeah. like not gonna hurt you to do them." He was very like yeah. dismissive of it. Yeah, of course. I didn't even tell right. My doctor and I, 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 I think something like that is just like a low risk, um, high reward situation. So like. What's it going to hurt? But it could be a really good thing um, in the end um, if you don't tear. And I, clinically speaking, I tend to see that be the case of what you said, Casey, is the people that tend to do the stretches tend to come in and they're like, hey, I didn't tear. High five, Dr. Ham. Yeah. <laughs> so, But have you had, had people, just out of curiosity, that were like, I did those stretches religiously every day and I tore from my mouth all the way to my back of my neck <laughs> to the top of my mouth yeah, there can be some pretty severe tears um yeah i think i've had i haven't had anybody with a really severe and it's like this is all anecdotal so i can't say like across the board um if this is the case but um i, I have had some people do it and say oh i tore but not that bad mm-hmm. um, i haven't had anybody like my biggest tears are people that you know, they. I don't think that they did them, or we. I wasn't even talking to them about them then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah. Everybody's a little bit different, right? But I that's mean, a great way to put it. It's like low just, risk, right. high reward. Like why not? It doesn't cost you yeah. anything to try it. Right. Exactly. It's not the most comfortable thing in the world. But I would just like. <laughs> I'd always do it when the Cubs were on, so I could just like stare at the game, and focus <laughs> on the game. And Mark was just down right. there. Working. Yeah. Poor Mark had to just gaze into your perineum. <laughs> The first, the first time we did it, he had like the, he had his like fingers and thumbs all lubed up with coconut oil. He freshly <laughs> trimmed his nails, Aww. and I was like, "This is weird." And he's like, "Things are about to get a lot weirder." Like, yep. <laughs> and then after that, he didn't bother to trim his nails anymore. Or they went <laughs> just like grow. dry, raspy claws. 
Gross. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, and so another thing that I just say is like using like tissue stretches better when it's lubed up and warm. And so while you're in labor and delivery, some women will actually even like use different oils and coconut oils. And there's midwives that will do like perineal stretching during that time as oh. well, just to be like, all right, warm it up, warm it up, get it all it loose. Up, so we're not, you know, if you think of it like Play-Doh, if it gets all, if it's warm, it's going to move. If it's cold, it's going to crack. And so, it's salty. Uh, that's interesting you mentioned that because once I was actually in labor and delivery, I felt like we had already done everything we could, you know, and like I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't explore that region at all once I was into it, you know, but it's weird mm-hmm. to think, oh, it's still inbound. Yeah, like, you could. I can still do stuff yeah. to help it. And I keep thinking about you uh, like putting your lotion or your magic magic Natalie lotion yeah. on your puss yeah. after. And like, it's so funny because I did not look at nor touch anything down there yeah. for quite a while. I mean, I, mean, I, I sure like it squirted it with the bottle and stuff. And, oh, you know, wasn't but that the best? I hated it. Really? I know. I think Don't you and Aaron me. both really loved like nice warm shooting, water. shooting water in your puss. But I was just like, ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I just never got it the right temperature. So I was, I was like, whoop. There was one time I was yeah. like, that was too Can't hot. Be too cold. <laughs> and I always have to like, I'm a person who's like, I have to pee. I have to pee really bad. Like there's never a gradual. So once I have to pee, like when I get in the bathroom, I need to sit down. So it's like just the like fucking around with the bottle and like trying to get uh, the water. I was time. like, ah. So I bet I Natalie's uh, diagnosing you right now. Like, oh, you, ha- you pee <laughs> and then you pee immediately, eh? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Um, oh, you know my tricks. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, if you got anything, I'll listen to right. it. Right. <laughs> I have uh, another question about um, postpartum. I'd just like to hear your yeah. opinion because I feel like I need to be justified in like my decision. Like depression or do you mean just after? Just like the postpartum life. Oh, okay. Because sometimes people say postpartum and they mean postpartum depression. depression. No. But, okay, anyway. After baby life. <laughs> um, as you know, I kept my placenta and I had it encapsulated and I took it for... Yes. Uh, around 90 days or so. I think I had like 95 pills. Where do you stand on that? Do your patients do that? Have you seen results? Like almost all of my patients do that. Um, I am in, you know, I'm a naturopathic doctor. The people that are going to do that usually come to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's some good research on it, actually. There's some scientific data that shows that um, using the encapsulated placenta decreases postpartum depression Mm -hmm. and so and there's several studies on it too so i love it when we see anecdotal evidence combined with solid science to be Mm -hmm. like yes let's do that um and i do anecdotally also see my patients um tend to do better in terms of energy and postpartum depression when they do do the encapsulated placenta yeah i mean my i had so much energy i was always doing stuff i the problem is you can't get a refill. Right. I, I've actually had some patients feel like they got as good as they could and then freeze them and then do them like way later. Um, I don't I don't know if there's any good data on that specifically, but I recently mm. had a patient tell me like, I started my placenta again. And oh, okay. She has like a one-year-old. Yeah. Or maybe like take them every other day or something. Like just smaller, yeah, something like that. Them- Put less in right. the capsules, or right? Something. Yeah, like stretch it out to. Would other people's right. placentas make help, or does it have to be I yours? Don't think so. I don't know. Um, maybe I don't know the answer to that question. Mm. 
animals actually eat their placentas after they give birth. So I'm always like, there must be something there. Yeah. And they're still born <laughs> babies, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> Got sad. Um, yeah, so um, I think that there, it's great. Again, one of those low-risk, high-reward things mm-hmm. that, that you can do. Right. And also, again, I don't have anything to compare it to, but I sure felt like it worked. You, know? you should have another right. baby and do all the opposite things. No way. And see. <laughs> if I had like another baby, I would horrible. stick to that plan because I'm like, I felt like it worked. I'm not going to be an right. experiment. <laughs> While I'm formulating my other question, which is knocking around in my head, tell me what you think about marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I was expecting you to say, um, but um, I like in what way? I don't know. Like, do like, you ever tell your patients um, to use it? I don't know if it's legal wherever you are. In Arizona, there you can get your card. Oh, okay. um, you can get your medical marijuana card. So, could you um, prescribe that? A, um, so I could recommend it. There are marijuana like doctors. That, that you have to get like a license to do that specifically and that's basically all they do hmm. and so it you know it's a great money maker but I would kind of lose all the other stuff that I'm doing if I went that route oh. which I really really enjoy so if I have a patient that is in need of medical marijuana I will refer out to one of the doctors that um, can give them their card specifically cool. and I do and I do do that um, you know there are a lot of reasons to do that most a lot of times pain, um, sleep issues. Um, those would be the the big two that Wanting I would be high. Uh, recommend. It for. <laughs> Lack of marijuana. Um, <laughs> Lack of being stoned. <laughs> Video games aren't quite exciting enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, that and even um, so. Yeah, sleep um, and pain and appetite. I have some patients that have just like very low appetite because of some you know gastroenterological gastroenterological um, disease process. And I rec- I would, I recommend that for that. Hmm. I sell, um, CBD oil oh, sure. in my office. I don't know if you guys know the difference between that. Um, CBD oil is, so there's the THC and the CBD and the THC is what makes, has the psychoactive effect. It makes you high. And the CBD oil has a lot of anti-inflammatory properties. And so we sell Charlotte's web, um, which, uh, Charlotte's Web um, hemp oil is a line of hemp oil that has been, um, they, they made, they call it Charlotte's Web because a little girl named Charlotte was having like multiple seizures per day. She had a, a form of epilepsy where she was like, it was something ridiculous, like 40 a day. And the Stanley brothers who do Charlotte's Web, um, it's like seven very attractive brothers <laughs> that have this company. <gasps> Just like you the musical. On their website. Right. <laughs> and they created this line specifically for her and she has like, she lives like a normal life now. And so my business partner um, really started getting into it because she treats kids and she treats kids that have seizures. And so she uses it for kids with seizures. Um, I use it for people with pain and, um, you know, you could also use something like CBD oil during delivery to try and decrease your pain um, versus like doing, um, you know, the pain medications that are prescribed or, Right. an epidural or something like that. You could try that first, you know, um, and see if it worked because it's going to be a little bit safer than those things anyway. So, so, so then do you discourage yeah. these things? Like, do you discourage people from using medicine and epidurals and whatnot? Because that's not what, how you usually treat or do you, or how do no. you do it? 
I don't discourage it. I sometimes say, here, let's try these first, um, you know, and then if that doesn't work, then do what you feel most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what everyone needs to like. Everybody has their own body and they need to do what they feel most comfortable with for their own body without judgment. And so that should be from friends and family and that should be from other doctors. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in a situation where you're like, yeah, you don't know how this felt because my labor is different than your labor and you may have had an easy labor and used CBD oil and black pepper and everything was great, but it didn't cut it for me and I had to use an epidural. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles, you know? Hmm. Are there pediatric naturopathic Naturopathy. Naturopathy. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Is that like yes, a separate sir. thing and it, people do do it? Do mm-hmm. do it? Yeah. So I don't treat kids. Um, my business partner does. Oh. So, so yeah. So we have a, our, um, our practice is called Nourish Natural Medical Center in Tempe. And we, um, we both, we're from different practices. She's my bestie from medical school. We were in the cadaver lab together and she's in my wedding. Um, she was a bridesmaid with Casey and, uh, we were, we were besties, um, during medical school. And we, um, decided about two and a half years ago to, to create our own practice. And she does peds and I do women's health. So it was a really good combination. So I treat a lot of the moms. She treats a lot of the kids. That's so great. Yeah. Aww. yeah. That's awesome. And of course, if you're doing peds, like you do peds. So she doesn't really like if she's treating an adult, like out of nowhere, like if like uh, she's got to get in her, okay, what are adult dosage medication, like dosages for different things. And when, when, you know, I don't treat kids very often. So if I see a kid, I'd be like, okay, um, what, <laughs> what are those dosages that I need to know mm-hmm. for, you know, kids dosages? It doesn't stay in your mind if you don't right. do it on a regular basis. So that's why you don't usually just kind of go back and forth. It's easier just to do peds or do adults. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need to rewind just a little bit. I feel like you said the term cadaver lab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what does that, I, what does that entail? That entails dissecting a cadaver. Um, oh, okay. And so, yeah, it's medical school, so you got to get your hands dirty, so to speak. Yeah. And, I hope your hands were very there. clean during this process. Very, yeah, what does it matter? Well, they, were, they were very gloved during <laughs> the drill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the first day that you go into cadaver lab, I think I cried a little and was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Um, by the end, you're just used to it, weirdly. And yeah things look different in life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the question that everyone's dying to know, um, since you are, since you take a, you're a naturopath, so you take like an all natural approach to things, is how do naturopaths or how do you in particular stand on the controversial topic of vaccinations? (laughs) Okay. Um, yeah, so you're right on where, you know, most people coming to NDs are, also, are looking for an alternative point of view regarding any kind of medicine, and that does include vaccines. So we do see a higher amount of patients that choose not to follow the, vac- the, the CDC vaccination schedule or choose not to vaccine at all. Um, my business partner, usually, she's the one that, Carrie, she's the one that treats most of the kids. So she does the vaccine consults a lot of the time. Um, I get most often is should I get the flu shot? That's the one that I get more than anything. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about our stance, you know, there's, there's no, 
every MD you're going to talk to is probably going to have a different quote unquote stance on a topic. So you'll go anywhere from somebody that's very traditional and thinks you should follow the vaccine schedule per what it says. And you'll get people that are completely um, against vaccines, but you know, it's not really our job to tell you what to do. It's our job to give you the information to be able to make that personal decision. So that my stance on this is more of, this is a conversation that we should be able to talk about without it being so inflammatory and polarizing. And I get why it is um, because you have one, one parent that has chosen not to vaccinate and another parent that has chosen. And both of those parents think that they're doing the absolute best thing for their child. So by default, the other one is not doing the right thing by their child. And that gets very inflammatory very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so if we can just talk about vaccines and um, ask questions parents I, I feel that parents should be able to ask questions regarding risks of injury side effects versus the dangers of the disease that's being vaccinated for without being you know fearful of being kicked out of their pediatrics office or being ostracized by their friends and family um, that would be my personal kind of on the the topic it is a deeply personal decision one way or another and it might be based on family history. It might be based on previous vaccine reactions or their belief system. And so I, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that I wish it wasn't so polarizing and so inflammatory. Mm -hmm. And as naturopathic doctors, we do see more people that come in and are like, okay, I want to, um, I, I'm wondering if I should vaccinate or shouldn't. And our job is to give them, you know, the risks and benefits of, of doing so. And so, you know, we have to, we have to take into consideration that vaccines are pharmaceuticals and there's no medication that works hundred percent of the time and has zero risk and vaccines just don't transcend that. So mm -hmm. allowing parents to bring up questions, be given a proper informed consent is something that we do do in our office. Um, I just I like to note that you that both said doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a doctor. Yes. So. Yeah. And so when we're allowed to talk about vaccines, if we're allowed to come in and say, hey, I have a question about this without getting the, oh, you're one of those mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. um, then, we're, then we're able to actually, like, talk about actually different things like, hey, there's a study that just came out within the year that showed that probiotics decreased the, the um, risk and injury that are caused by some vaccines. And if we're not allowed to talk about the fact that there could be risks or injuries from vaccines, and we're missing this, like, great information that mm -hmm. tells us how we can actually reduce that. Right. That's and a so good my, point because some people would just jump to the, no, they're fine. There's no risk at all. When it's like, okay, well, right. what if you took probiotics for a couple of weeks before your vaccines? Again, right. low and risk, high reward. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, that being said too, there also, we also, for us as naturopaths, so this is what Carrie does is she'll say, okay, if you choose to vaccinate, these are, this is what I want you to do beforehand. Your kid cannot be sick. Your kid has to be pooping on a regular basis. You have to do a probiotics for a week before and do not do any Tylenol because that actually decreases um, glutathione production in the body, which glutathione is a, uh, in, a very potent antioxidant that helps clear out all like, kind of the rest of the stuff that's in the vaccine out of the body. And so, you know, we can have, you, you, can, you can talk about it and then be able to have these, um, these little nuggets that if you do choose to vaccinate, this is what you can do. And yeah, you you had a really good point of like, 
it's like we're not allowed to talk about it. Like mm-hmm. vaccines are 100% safe and effective, and if you talk about it, you're a weirdo. And <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a <laughs> there's a real thing called VAERS, which is a vaccine adverse event reporting system that's out there in the world. And if you've been injured by a vaccine, you get money from this this group. Um, so it's it's a, a real thing that it, you know there are risks that can happen. You know, are most of them okay for most people? Yeah, probably. Do some people get injured? Yes. Like, it's a fact. And so we just have to take that into consideration when we're having this discussion that uh, we shouldn't be, you know, ostracizing people for making, Mm -hmm. like I said before, a medical decision for their family or their body where they feel like it's the best decision possible. Are there any vaccines that you're like, uh, you know, the rest of them, fine, like whatever you think person, but you should really get this one? like polio or something, you know? Oh, God. Um, pol- yeah. um, <laughs> because everybody is different. So as a naturopathic doctor, where my comfort level is on being able to handle a disease that my child might get might be different than a parent. And so if you, I would say there are, there are diseases that you should look at that would say like something like the HIV vaccine, um, which protects against meningitis, what are the risks of having that vaccine versus how common is it to have an effect from that, from that disease process where there could be the possibility of death could occur and has a higher likelihood of other disease processes from having that. So again, I don't say like, yes, just get it every time. Um, are there vaccines that are lower with risks and side effects? Yes. Are there higher? Yes. Um, so again, like I'm not, an expert I would always a lot of times I defer um to Carrie for a lot of these things because she's read a million books on it and she's just like a wealth of information Mm -hmm. um but but yeah there are some that I would say there are most of them I would say just look like where's your comfort level at do you feel comfortable with this risk or do you not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes sense and then on the opposite end opposite side of the coin are there any that you so are there any that i would say don't do do? absolutely do not get okay i and again i would say absolutely do not get i would say no it's a little bit different i would say um i would highly recommend you looking at the research on this and that would be gardasil um that would be the one that's hpv right the HPV vaccine. That uh-huh. one, it's not, it's been pulled in a couple other countries. It has the highest death rate of any vaccine that we've had so far. And, you know, vaccines are for epidemics. Uh, cervical cancer is not an epidemic. We have amazing screening tools. It doesn't prevent you from going and getting your PAPs and getting those screening tools. Right. And it doesn't cover all of the HPV the is a HPV. rite of passage, people. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't cover the, all of the strains either. And so what ha- what we're starting to see now are, you know, that um, Jurassic Park line where like life will find a way. Yeah. Um, right. we're, we're starting to see HPV strains that were not high risk that are suddenly starting to kind of fill in for those high risk strains that are not covered by the vaccine. Mm. So, you know, and, and now we're starting to look at for, for that one in particular, um, they're starting to wonder if there's um, premature ovarian failure starting to happen, which is like early, basically early menopause. Oh. And so, you know, I just feel like that's a very high risk, low reward situation yeah, where yeah. Um, we're not we're not changing our standards. We're not changing our screening. Um, we're very, very good at picking this up very early. 
and why why risk it? Mm-hmm. That that would be the one for me. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, going back to the probiotic thing real quick, if someone wanted to do yeah. that before vaccines, how do you do that? You have your kitty Activia or what? No, no, uh, <laughs> no, Casey, you're um, stupid. That, that's a really good question. So Activia um, would have some probiotics, not nearly the amount of probiotics that we would actually need to um, be able to treat or to be able to do this for. So and Activia has sugar in it. You don't want to increase the sugar that lowers your immune system and you don't want to do that before a vaccine. So um So it would be like a really good quality probiotic. Um, You know, we carry orthomolecular, Clara Labs. Um, Probiotics are tricky. Um, uh, You want to make sure that you have a company that, um, or a a place that you're getting it from that hasn't like left them out in the Arizona summer in a unrefrigerated truck for three or four weeks as it's traveling along and everything's dead. So um, (laughs) we want, you just want to make sure that, that you're getting a really good probiotic. And so there are some that you can get um, over the counter, you know, the um, the ones that are, what's it called? Garden of Life. They're pretty good quality. Um, that is, that's one that you could do. But yeah, you would want to do a, a, a good quality one or just find a kid's one okay. that you that you like and do it beforehand. Yogurt's not going not gonna to normally cut it. Yeah, Great. I think I Unless saw... You're like a, Sorry, unless you're like a super granola person and you're like, oh, I'm going to feed my kids sauerkraut juice and like fermented foods and kimchi and stuff beforehand. (laughs) But that's not usually. I can tell you right now, Bo would be like, get that shit out of my face. (laughs) Give me some puffs, bitch. (laughs) Give me some puffs. Um, oh, I was just going to say, I saw, I was at CVS the other day and getting uh, D drops and they had like probiotic with D drops. Oh, okay. So Mm -hmm. maybe they're not well. A good one, though. Great. I don't know. Um, well, yeah, it also depends on the, the age of the child and the size of the child. Um, okay. Usually something around, like, between 5 and 20 billion units um, every day um, is what we're going to be looking for. Ah. Okay. Billion. Billion. That's a lot of probiotics. Um, I have one last question, which you may not be able to answer since you're a, a grown-ups one. Um. What are what do you uh, what does your practice recommend for the old teething? What do you guys usually oh. tell people to do? Nellie's oh, being yeah. a real bitch today. <laughs> I know the answer to this because well, I'm doing it. It's kind of moot. I'm, I I already gave her Tylenol. Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah. So the um, so Casey, what I recommended for for Bo was um, chamomile, homeopathic chamomile. Not don't go out and get the tea that's not going to work it's but but like if you go to the store there's a little blue vial it's like arnica and all sorts of other things they have Um, at whole foods you probably walked by them and never even noticed Mm. yes (laughs) and then you see them and they they do have some um some combination tablets on the market as well right now um so chamomile is probably the the like 75 percent of kids need chamomile for their teething maybe even more um, and so, you know, you, that one helps just lower chamomile for like hard teething, irritability, like red flush face, getting sometimes fever, like not knowing what they want of like, I want to be held. No, I don't. I want this. No, I'm going to throw it at you. Like that whole. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> mindset. And it just kind of make them a little bit more comfortable. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of other things that Carrie is probably going to be listening to this and be like, you should have said this, but, um, <laughs> that, that's kind of my go-to response for that. Mm. Um, homeopathic chamomile will get, will usually help 
Do you feel like you've noticed a difference, Casey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really helps, especially yeah. if he's having trouble taking a nap. I always have like a little vial because they're these little tablets, right? So they're not going to like put them in their mouth and let them dissolve. Mm-hmm. So I put it in a syringe with some warm water and let's let it dissolve and then shoot oh. it in his mouth. Yeah. And then he's much more chill. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Or you could do it. My parents did the old uh, whiskey on the pacifier. Oh, yeah. Classic. Uh, <laughs> that's naturopathic. <laughs> um, that's, yeah. <laughs> so the one other thing we were going to speak about, uh, so do you have other questions? No. No. Okay. Um, so you mentioned one of the things that you help people, uh, you treat people for is infertility issues. Um, and that is particularly uh, close to home for you, for you have yep. maybe had some of your own. That is true. That is um, true. Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah. So, I, um, me and my husband have been trying for quite a long time to have a baby. Um, I feel like it's an important story to discuss because most people tell their story after they have their, like, happy ending of... And I'm pregnant, and mm-hmm. here are my children, and it, it kind of leaves out a lot of the the people that are still in the middle of it to mm-hmm. know that, like, yeah, there's still people that it doesn't. Maybe it might not end happily. We don't. I don't know. Right. And and so I think it's an important thing to bring to the table um, in regards to this is this is something that I'm have gone through. I feel like it's been able to make me a better doctor in terms of understanding what women with infertility challenges go through Mm -hmm. because it's not like a it's not like a lot of um diseases or states of illness where people are like things are happening there's a closure there is a i have this and this is what this means and now i'm going to move forward right so with infertility there's every month there is hope followed by disappointment followed by grief followed by sadness going back up to hope and it's it's a it's a roller coaster and it's something that I feel like I I feel like this with everything with every struggle anybody has everybody has something everybody has a struggle that they've had um that a a grief or an ailment or something that's happened in their life that that can make you can you should always grieve it and feel it, but then you should use it. Mm-hmm. Like, how is this going to make you a better person? How are you going to help yourself? Are you going to be a better person because of it? And I think that this whole journey for me, um, you know, we, I've done everything naturopathic, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. I've done the cleanses. I've done yoga. I've done acupuncture. I've done the supplements. I've done the diets. And we just recently did the the traditional route of, Clomid and um, IUIs and that did not work. And so all of the things that I've done in my life that I've been trying to use to help me get pregnant for has made me a better version of myself. Like Mm -hmm. I found yoga, I found meditation, I found all these things. And I feel like it can be a more compassionate doctor to these people that these women who are going through the same thing that I've gone through before or am going through now. Um, so, so yeah, so, you know, if we've been trying for nine years, um, sometimes we're trying harder than others. Sometimes we give up for a little while and then kind of go back to it. Um, going the more traditional route, you know, I had a, you know, I was like, okay, so I'm an naturopathic doctor. So maybe I, 
am just like ruling out this as something that's really going to help us. And so we did months and months of that. And for some reason, those disappointments were harder <laughs> to, to wrap your mind around than others because it was extremely stressful to go through fertility treatment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for, for me personally, like I had to, you have to, like I have to go in the morning on day three before work. I have to drive like 20 minutes out of the way before work and get my blood drawn. And then I have to like get an ultrasound on, you know, day seven. Then I have to get an ultrasound on day 12. And so I'm going on to of your you cycle? Know, another 30 like Day minute, seven right? of your yeah. cycle, day 12 yeah. of your cycle. Okay, got it. Right. So I'm going out to driving out like 30 minutes on my lunch break to get an ultrasound and then coming back and then getting blood work. And then Dave leaving samples places and then being like, Oh, it's time for an IUI. We have to schedule this within 24 to 48 hours. I'm going to get an IUI on my lunch break. Like (laughs) it's, it's incredibly stressful to do. So right now we are in the, the spot of we stopped in December and I need three months. The, um, to like just recalibrate the the medications are hard on me and make me feel very, very emotional. And, um, it makes it so, okay, you had a negative pregnancy test, stop your progesterone. Also, you're not pregnant and deal with the fact that you're coming off of a hormone and you're not pregnant at the same time. And so it just, it can be very, very stressful to go through. So Mm. uh, we right now, I need to just back off and take a beat basically yeah, since, um, yeah. <laughs> being stressed out is not super helpful to getting pregnant yeah. generally exactly yes exactly well thank you for sharing that with us yeah. I totally like yeah I get you know how hard it would be in the first place and then like you said that it like the disappointments were even worse on the one where you like let me compromise and like do this shit yeah. I don't want to do yeah. and then it like didn't even matter yeah it's like the least yeah. the least it could do is work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I crossed the line. At least it could do it work. But it also was good for me also to be like, okay, you know, it just because it's traditional doesn't mean it's better or yeah, it's going to work good differently point in my body. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now you can be to your patients. You can be like, I did it. Eh. So uh, you can empath- empathize right. with that or be like, it kind of sucked. Yeah. 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 Thanks and I sharing. don't normally share that with a ton of my patients ah. because a lot of times what I'm doing is I have a select few that I have um, shared with that have gone through very, very similar long-term ups and downs. Um, And I've been like, okay, I don't want to just act like I'm saying this and I don't know what this feels like. I want you to know that I'm saying this like from the bottom of my heart, I really do truly understand what you're going through. Mm -hmm. But, um, but other patients, you know, I'm trying to help them get pregnant. And like I said, this has made me a better more understanding doctor like oh yes you're on that drug oh I know that you're taking it for this amount of time and then and this is what something that could help with the emotional like release of what's happening afterwards Mm -hmm. um and but I'd also don't want them to get pregnant and be like oh you're not pregnant like I'm (laughs) sorry like I don't want that I want them like my job is to get them pregnant and when they get pregnant I'm ecstatic because I did my job yeah and so it doesn't make you any more or less pregnant it's not like, yes, oh, well, exactly. now they ran out of fetuses. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not what it's one of those things that like I used to be a little bit worse about this. Um, like uh, when this first started of like, there's not like a number of baby limits in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, oh, you, you had a baby. Oh, well now I can't. Yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. So your baby is your baby. Your baby is coming to you at the time that it's supposed to come to you at and if someone else gets pregnant before that it doesn't take away your chance and 
that that took a minute for me to kind of solidify, but I'm I'm definitely there now. Yay! Thank Wonderful. You. Do you have any other questions? <gasps> yes. No, that was so educational. Yeah, Natalie, thank you. You're welcome. Um, do you have anything you want to? Anything else you thought you were going to talk about that you want to tell our audience? Any words yeah. of wisdom? I have one thing. Um, like, can I talk about how to talk to someone who's going through infertility? Please. Oh, you yeah. probably all know someone who has, and I get it, and my patients get it, and it, and just to be able to understand and have an understanding of what they're going through, um, I feel like it would be a great public service announcement of like, this is how you talk to someone who's going through infertility. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Boop, 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 boop. Public service announcement. Right, exactly. And Katie, you know. I remember you talking. You were talking to, um, the, your, gosh, the woman who did the adoption one on your show. Rachel, she yes. was amazing. And you were talking about how you kind of changed your story of yeah. like, you're not going to say, you know, it was easy, like, or, or was unplanned, I mm-hmm. believe, is mm-hmm. what how you were going to change what you were going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very much like, well, don't change your truth and you know, make sure whatever. And and you're just, you're such a conscientious human being. I just know who you are and you're very aware of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But what would be something that you wouldn't want to say to someone who is struggling with infertility would just to like kind of blatantly come out and be like, Oh yeah, it's so easy for me to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, Or he looks at me and I get pregnant. Like those kinds of things are very hard for people to hear although I don't think that you should like she said change your story Uh into like something different but just be very sensitive if you're talking to somebody um that has struggled with infertility that that to you know people say that kind of stuff all the time and most of the time they don't know but just be aware of who your audience is I guess um the other thing is that I hear that my patients um say all the time is that people just say well why don't you do IVF and uh, you have no idea <laughs> what that entails. Um, it's not a simple solution. It is extremely expensive and there's no guarantee. And if their insurance doesn't cover it, it's not just a, a monetary situation. It's like what their body goes through. And if they've chosen not to do that route, they feel very judged if someone just thinks it's a simple solution to a very complicated situation. Jeez. Um, that would be another one. And then the, uh, I guess the last one would be like anybody, you know, complaining <laughs> about, well, you're lucky you don't have kids. You don't have to deal with this kind of thing. Uh, that yes. would be probably the, the third one that I hear a lot of people just coming in and venting and saying, you know, I can't believe this or something like that. So just in lieu of my personal experience and my patients, just that would be, I guess, my public service announcement. That's for, great. Um, and I think, the things I, that you would want to avoid. And also just like, I mean, most of our audience knows this. Th- those are great things for our audience since most of our audience is mothers. But also just for the world to just like not ask people if or when they're having children ever. <laughs> right. That is something that I get a lot. Like people will come in and be like, when are you guys having kids? And then it's like, how do I answer that? Um, and I just say like, hopefully we'll be blessed with them someday. And that's kind of usually what I leave it at. But yeah, you don't know. You don't know if they've been trying forever, and they're trying, and mm-hmm. um, it's just not that simple for. Or everyone. they lost one or something. Well, that is great information. Put that in your bonnet, people. 
and smoke it. <laughs> Put that in your bonnet and smoke it like it's CBD. <laughs> and take your CBD oil. Take your CBD oil, people. Uh, great. Well, thank you, Natalie. That was very helpful. Um, is there anything else you want to plug? I guess like your business was for applicable for people who live in the greater Phoenix area. Yeah, I mean, I do do phone consults. Um, if, if as long as you have a primary care doctor that can do physical exams um, anywhere else, like in your in your state, um, I I more of like a consultant in in that way, mm-hmm. um, or like you know Skype and things like that. We'll do that every now and then. So can you just uh, so, remind us again the name of your business and maybe oh, your yeah. website? Nourish National Medical Center. It's in Tempe, Arizona, and it's www.nourishnaturalmedicine.com. Awesome. Well, that is Dr. Natalie Ham, everybody. If you have any questions for her, you can email us, baddestmothers at gmail.com. And don't forget to check us out on uh, social media. Uh, that's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They're all at Baddest Mothers. You can also rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. That would be really appreciated. Thank you, everyone. We are Baddest, Baddest Mothers, Mothers in the, in the Room. room.